You're listening to the Sooner Schooner Show on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. We are one week away from kickoff of the OU football season. And coming up on the show this week, we have our last position breakdown. We will talk about the defensive backs and why you're going to see multiple players run out in the secondary for OU this year. I'm going to give you the one OU player you absolutely cannot root against this year, as if you would root against any OU player. Most likely, you're listening to this podcast. You're rooting for all OU players. However, I'm going to give you the one guy that you absolutely have to root for and cannot root against. Brett Yormark has made me do something that I've never wanted to do in my life. I'll explain that, and we'll hear from Jeff Levy, plus congratulations to Baker Mayfield. Before we get any further, please do me a favor. Give us a five-star rating, write a written review. The five-star rating helps us elevate our content and get it out to more people. And the written review, the constructive criticism, certainly helps us do better content. And that's what we want to do for you. It makes us deliver. Take a screenshot of that. Send it to Pete Mundo at Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And Pete will send you back a Heartland College Sports koozie, which is perfect for tailgating. Man, I am mad at Brett Yormark. I am angry. Angry, I tell you. Because he's making me do something that I've never wanted to do, and that is root for Texas. Oh my God, Brett Yormark makes me so angry. As an OU grad, as a roughneck, the last thing I've ever wanted to do is put up the hook'em horn sign. The last thing I've ever wanted to do is Don Burnt Orange and take joy when they beat another team in the Big 12. But by God, I'm going to do it this year, especially if they go out and beat Texas Tech. And that ticks me off because I really like Joey McGuire. Joey McGuire is a fun guy to be around. If you've never had a chance to be around him, Joey McGuire's great. And eventually, Joey McGuire's going to make a hell of a coach at the University of Texas because there isn't a better fit for UT than Joey McGuire. But I, di- but I digress. Brett Yormark, the man who is taking way too much credit for the current state of the Big 12, was addressing a Texas a Texas Tech alumni group. And during that address, Brett Yormark couldn't help but go politician slash PR guy. And let's not forget that Yormark's, P, Yormark's background is being in public relations. It's, it's marketing. It's public relations. And as such, he knows how to work a room better than most political candidates. Well, he's there in front of every single... Every single Texas Tech alumni who had the money to pay for this dinner, and he said this. In addition, candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you, okay? And coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving, okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. Oh, yeah, you got rid of Texas and Oklahoma early. Yeah, you were looking real forward to that. Fox really wanted you to get rid of Texas and Oklahoma early. Come on, quit trying to spin that. First of all, quit trying to act like the Big 12 is not just surviving, but thriving without OU Texas or OU and Texas. You know that that is garbage. You know that that is the biggest pile of crap that you could ever heap on anybody's door and say, here, please believe this. 
No, dude, the Big 12 isn't thriving. It's still surviving. And the only reason that you have what you do or you're getting the praise that you do is because people at the Pac-12 were inept. And just because Klavkoff and Scott were bad at their jobs and the presidents of the Pac-12 turned down money that ESPN originally offered and asked for more and ESPN gave you the middle finger, that does not make them, okay, that does not make you good at your job. Because people in the Pac-12 didn't know what they're doing, it doesn't mean that you know what you're doing. You've got lucky. The only thing that you've got to hang your hat on right now, Brett Yormark, is getting a television contract that was negotiated, again, because the Pac-12 screwed up, and putting games in, in Mexico. That's it. That's what you've got. But I can't stand the fact that you're making me a roughneck, an OU alum, proud member of the class of 1996. And man, I was there for some dark years. Okay? There is no school on the face of the earth I hate more than the University of Texas. Period. End of story. But because of your comments, because of the way that, that you and other, uh, other members of the Big 12 meaning, I don't know, mainly uh, mainly administrative types, have acted and treated OU and Texas on the way out the door, I am going to root for Texas to beat the living hell out of every single Big 12 team this year. And when they do, I'm going to be sitting in my living room doing the SEC chant. In fact, I hope that the University of Texas student body does the SEC chant every time they beat a Big 12 team this year. I hope OU fans do it as well because you've made it perfectly clear that we're no longer welcome at your party. We're really like OU and Texas really just are no longer members of this conference. Let's forget the fact that OU in particular has been carrying the water for this conference for the last 20 freaking years. And yet... You're kicking them on the way out. Classy. Class move. Now, as far as this being bulletin board material, and Texas has really gone all catchphrase, which is kind of funny. Um, you know, embrace the hate. That's what Chris Delconi's saying. Embrace the hate. Um, yeah, bulletin board material, it wears off pretty quick. You can do this at the beginning of the year to get everyone fired up. You can do this during your first Big 12 game. Um, maybe you can do it when when they play Texas Tech. If you're Steve Sarkeesian, you've got to be very strategical about when you bring this up. But once you do, um, it, it wears off pretty much sometime in the in in the in the third, or actually I would say in the first quarter. It wears off in the first quarter. You get to play a football game, and then once you realize maybe you're gonna win. You might bring it up again. I don't know how effective Billmore material is. I've always had major questions about that. But if hey, if Texas and Oklahoma can use this as a live, by all means do it. But it's really annoying to see the way that this conference is treating their two flagship universities. Because, hey, here's the other thing about Texas. Okay? It was, you know, had BB, Don BB, or is it Dan BB? Had Dan Beebe not given them the Longhorn Network, they'd affect and go to the Pac-12, destroying the conference yet again. OU and Texas have kept this conference alive, man. And all you want to do is really just talk trash on them. It's funny. It's, it's, 
it's comical to the point where you've poured gasoline on a fire that hopefully the fans take up the mantle for and just rub it in your face every time they get an opportunity to do it. And I don't know what makes me more mad, the fact that you're bad-mouthing your biggest cash cow and overall your best athletic department, which would be OU. Okay, your cash cow's Texas, your overall best athletic department is OU. I don't know what makes me worth. You're you're, you're bad-mouthing them or you're making me root for Texas. Either way, Brett Yormark, had enough of your crap. Um, goodbye, good riddance. Cannot wait for this year to get over. Have OU go to the SEC and hopefully be as successful in the SEC as they were the Big 12. Maybe not necessarily six conference championships in a row, but if you can go to the playoffs six straight times, uh, I'll be more than glad to take that as well. Let's take a look real quick at our last position breakdown. The reason this is our last position breakdown, and if you followed this podcast for any amount of time, then you know we didn't have the opportunity to break down all positions. But next week is game week. So we're going to focus a lot more on Arkansas State, what OU has to do to win that game, what we expect from the Sooners, especially in the non-con. We want to get to that. So looking at the defensive backs, which is which has been a question for OU for quite some time, I always start with the cornerbacks because as much as I love safeties, especially really hard-hitting physical safeties, uh, look, I will tell you my, my two favorite players in the history of the NFL um, were, were Ronnie Lott and were um, Rodney Harrison of the New England Patriots slash San Diego Chargers. I love both those guys. I love those, those safeties that were Roy Williams. Put Roy Williams up there. Those guys that were a little too small to play linebacker, uh, not fast enough to be cornerback, but just packed an absolute wallop. So in order, three favorite players, probably history of the NFL, uh, Ronnie Lott, Rodney Harrison, Roy Williams. And thank God Roy went to OU, which is so much fun to watch. But we'll start with the cornerback since that's the glamour position. We all know that Woody Washington is going to start at one. Uh, Gentry Williams probably gets the start at the other. Maybe Kendall Dolby, the JUCO transfer, will get an opportunity to fill in there. Um, but I'm, I'm imagining that that second quarter cornerback spot, you'll see a lot of rotation, which I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Generally, that tells you that the spot is lacking when you don't have two guys that are there and solid and are at least kind of close to lockdown down corners. I give Gentry Williams the edge in this simply because he's a junior, he's got experience, and if camp has gone well for him this year, then by all means this cat ought to, ought to rock and roll once we get started. The other thing that I would say is let's not get fooled in the non-con by just how good these guys look. If they're really good in the non-con, then that doesn't necessarily mean, I think we've seen, that that translates to being good during conference play. But that's sort of the way I do that. And look, and you've got guys to choose from. You definitely have bodies. Uh, I stretch and hesitate to use the word depth because depth generally means that you've got guys that are good. You know, Depth isn't just about having bodies. Depth is about having good players at you know at, who can make each other better the the whole cliche iron sharpens iron as we'll hear Marcus Major say here here in a second which by the way if you're paying attention I just gave something away um but looking at the corners again just 
be physical enough to make sure that guys don't actually I don't even care if you're physical enough just don't get burned I think it's all I'm looking for as far as the safeties go um Billy Bowman Key Lawrence both coming back I think you're solid there um I am expecting to see Peyton Bowen play a lot this this year um especially you know when OU goes to different alignments but I, I like Peyton Bowen uh, he's a stud. You've got other guys that you can rely on, but ultimately the defensive backs this year, I don't – it's, again, it's it's everything. It's like you've got to show me. I want to say that you're going to be a strength of the team, but I don't necessarily know that. I need to know that you're going to be something more than just passable. But maybe that's what you've got with OU as a defense as a whole. I expect the defense to be improved. How improved? still remains to be seen. If you're looking for a guy that you can root for this year, just a guy that you're like, yeah, I want that dude to be good. It's obvious. It's Marcus Major, right? Marcus Major has to be the one OU sooner that everybody is rooting for this year. Think about how this kid's career's gone. I mean, you suffered a major injury when you were a freshman, and actually you've suffered a lot of injuries, rolled ankles, broken hands, um, had some issues this spring where you where you couldn't play, mainly because uh, you weren't playing in the spring game because of a broken hand. Uh, you've also, again, I think we've already said, if not, he was ineligible at one point. I mean, fifth-year senior. He's in his fifth year at OU, and he came in with such hype. He was going to be a guy that contributed and just hasn't been able to live up, not just to our expectations. Forget our expectations for a second. He hasn't been able to live up to his expectations. And think about it. He's going into a stacked running back room this year where he's going to have to fight for playing time uh, with guys like Javante Barnes, guys like Gavin Sawchuk. It's just it's not going to be easy to get on the field unless OU does what they're committed to do, which is running the ball. And, hey, when guys get gassed, somebody's going to have to spill them. And historically, OU's always gone with a hot hand. And who knows, maybe Marcus Major can be that guy in a couple of games. But I'm totally rooting for this cat. I want to see him have a big year. And a big year for me isn't watching other guys get hurt and rushing for 1,000 yards. It's being able to contribute in a meaningful way when you're called on. And I know that that sounds generic, but it's when you get in the red zone. If you get the ball, you get in the red zone, make critical either get into the end zone or make critical yards to set up somebody else getting in the end zone. It's when you're called on in four in third and short, make those yards to get the first down. Keep a drive alive. Even if that's all you're doing and you have to hand and you have to go on the sidelines and let somebody else take over, that's meaningful. It's very meaningful. And as far as Marcus Major's concerned, hey, the competition doesn't bother him. What's the competition kind of like with you and Javante and Gavin mm-hmm. up at the top there? Great competition, man. They they progressed so much since they've been here, you know, and it's, it's only made me better, you know, it's making each other better. So, you know, iron sharp as iron. Um, I, mean, I appreciate them, you know, for being here, you know, making me go every day, you know, making me be my best every day, you know, and competition is fun, you know, I love it. How big a role has Coach Murray played in keeping you positive and encouraging throughout the last couple of years? Big, big role, man. Um, he's he not only for me, but he's been doing that for you know the whole group, you know, and that's that's what's great about him. You know, he know how to keep us you know on edge and how you know just keep our head up. You know, just you know we mess up with something, you know, just go, just look forward from it. You know, never look back. That's the whole key, right? Right. That's I mean, that's, that's the only thing, man. It's, so I'm so focused on that, you know, it's just, just 
just taking care of me so much, you know. So after we get done with this, you know, I'm hopping straight in the cold tub, you know, recover from everything from the day. And like I said, take it easy. All your offensive right coaches are saying that too. Mm -hmm. They want that for you too. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, um, like I said, it's just me being available for the team, you know, so I can do whatever I can, you know, to to help this team out, you know, just going at, want, want to know them every week. Yeah, and Jeff Lebby's been very pleased with the way that Marcus Major has worked out so far this year, and certainly he's excited about that running back room. Yeah, Marcus is uh, he's a guy that's had, you know, 14 good practices and a guy that's had uh, really good toughness in the room. He's had really good leadership. Uh, so, again, we're looking for big things out of Marcus, continuing to keep him healthy and, and get him every get him to the field every Saturday. Along those lines, Jeff, that running back room, you said before fall camp started, you feel like you've got options there. But after a couple weeks, how is that room shaping Yeah, up? I feel the same way. I think you've you got a chance to see multiple guys get carries next Saturday, which is a great thing. Got a chance to keep guys you know, fresh and healthy. I think uh, everybody understands how we want to run the football. That won't change. You've got a chance to do it by committee, which is huge. Julian Gibson talked yesterday a lot about the mental side of the game and, and growing his confidence. Have yeah. you seen There's no question. This, the strength of the OU offense is, is their ability to run this year. Now, we've been calling on OU to be much more physical for quite some time, and just being able to run the ball doesn't necessarily make you physical. And Jeff Levy is a spread guy. Jeff Levy is going to, to operate out of the spread. You know, the quarterback is going to be back in shotgun. It's very rare that we'll see Dylan Gabriel get under center, although I would think in third and short situations, heck, in second and short situations, you'd want to do that as much as possible, but that's probably just not the way that, that OU is going to roll. And I don't know how much of an effect that's going to have on the defense this year because they're not going to see as physical an offense as they need to see during practice still. Running the ball, being able to drain the clock, being able to keep that defense off the field is going to help immensely. So if you're looking at OU's, if you're trying to kind of gauge what OU's record's going to be this year, look at how they operate in the first couple of games. They're able to run the ball successfully, and it looks like they're going to be able to run the ball successfully throughout the year. And again, we'll know a lot more when they're in conference play than I think OU's in really good shape. If for some reason they can't run the ball and it relies on and you're just stuck relying on Dylan Gabriel, then obviously Oklahoma's going to be in trouble. Because the receivers are good this year, not really sure that they're great. And Dylan Gabriel, while improved, again, we just don't know how much he's improved up to this time. Speaking of quarterbacks, congratulations to Baker Mayfield for being named the starter at Tampa Bay. And, of course, I think it was this time last year. In fact, we all know it was this time last year uh, where Baker Mayfield was named the starter in Carolina and – had talked to people that had seen him, and he had way outperformed Sam Darnold, and it didn't last. It didn't last more than, you know, his first game against the Browns, Baker Mayfield looked terrible. No improvement in the in the second. Eventually, he was released. Hopefully, this time, it goes a hell of a lot better. You've won it. You've done it in training camp. You've won the job. Now get out there and perform. You have the weapons around you at receiver to throw the ball, but... The cautionary tale here is for 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 Tampa when you, when you talk about Baker Mayfield, just take the reins off this guy. That's what the Rams did. Now, granted, the Rams didn't have a whole lot to lose by bringing him in. Their season was already over last year. But we've seen that Baker Mayfield is a guy that when you take the reins off and he's able to run around and make plays, he's going to be a whole lot more successful. 
There it is. That's it. It's the key to your season, Tampa Bay. Just take the reins off and let Baker Mayfield do his thing, and you'll end up in the playoffs. That wraps up. Dan, that wraps up this week's show. I cannot believe it. Next week, we get to break down the OU Arkansas State game. We get to look ahead to game one. Can you feel it? Are you pumped? Yeah, I know you are. All right. So next week, we'll look forward to having you back here. Same bat time, same bat channel. And until then, this is Eric G saying snoochie boochies.